welcome to our episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforce Todd, and joining me today is Warrior Will. I'll be enjoying this release day of Kirby Lost Forgotten Lands, everybody. And the way I'm seeing it right now, Kirby, yeah, we're looking at another Smash hit. I'm very excited, very excited. Kirby Lost Forgotten Land? I, I, I know, I always forget about the title, I know, forgive me. It's, it's just Kirby like, and the Forgotten Land. And the Forgotten Land, oh, okay, and it, Forgotten Lands. Or is it in? I can't remember now. Kirby. It is and. It is it? Yeah, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. So he got messed up because of the other title that's we're going to be talking about later. Later, just got a lost. Yeah. So, lost, forgotten, misremembered, whatever. For for example, uh, Will both forgot, lost, and misremembered to buy Kirby. Oops. Uh, for the record, I never said that I was actually gonna buy Kirby. Like as I said, I never gonna buy Pokemon RCS. Thank did. you. He totally said he's gonna get RCS. He totally did. Anyway, but who is going to buy it is indeed Telly Styler. I'm not missing the first 3D Kirby game ever. Like, well, I hold can't. on. Hold on. It's not, you guys say this correctly, it's not the first 3D Kirby game. It's the first, like, what do you want to call it? 3D open world? 3D platform. Semi-open world. Yeah, Semi-platformer. I like that better. Yeah. Because Kirby's been in 3D. I mean, even back in Crystal Shards, that was 3D Kirby. It was just yep, yep, 2D yep, yep. pathways. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, all right, but yes, we are going. In fact, we're going to be talking a lot about Kirby and the Forgotten Land tonight, including in our main event. But first, what have you been playing? I'm going to go first because last week I made a pledge uh, that I was going to do something, and then the next day I realized that I probably should stop, oh. and that was that uh. Of course, last week we talked about triangle strategy and the paths that we took. And I said that because Kirby and the Forgotten Land was about to come out, uh, I wanted to go and rush through the to, through the golden route, do my best to get it, and then uh, have it all done by, by basically tonight. I realized very quickly that this was not going to work out because, <laughs> uh, well, first of all, my, my standard route, if you want to call it that, took about 36 hours, and that was with some grinding. And I had a feeling that since this was going to be the game plus mode and it was going to be harder and I still had to overcome some of the uh, harder maps plus the new maps that I would have to do because of the golden route, I, I had a feeling that I would not have enough time. And sure enough, yesterday, I had no time to play video games. Today, I I would not have had time and who knows what tomorrow's going to be like. So I just decided, you know, I'm going to take a break from gaming mostly. And then once I'm done with Kirby and the Forgotten Land, I have nothing coming out because mm-hmm. Advance Wars isn't coming out now in, in April. And I'm not going to get uh, Nintendo Switch Sports. No point for me. And so I'll, I'm going to play the Golden Route then. So my, my gameplay has honestly been very limited. I, I've been, mainly been playing a Fire Emblem Heroes, uh, doing the Forging Bonds right, and right, the right. Hall of Forms and Ponzo Loki and all that. Uh, I will say that my, my summoning luck has been really interesting as of late. We oh. just got a banner with the four green characters. Oh, yeah, but um, yeah, uh, here. I, right. Was, uh, yeah, Hero the rises. Right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll get a green. I'll see who I get. And who do I get? I get Ninja Corrin, the one that we already got. <laughs> Ouch. Won the bloody event. So it was Ouch. Like, okay, fine. And then I had a couple others free summons and like getting five stars. So I've actually had to level up some of these characters to 40 just so I could merge them to get them out of my barracks because i've already got 500 characters in there <laughs> wow, there's a wow. lot of fire i also want i also want to uh gripe about something 
when I was doing the most recent banner, and I did really well on the banner. I got three out of the four with the free summon. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I still have like like 700 orbs. Uh, I kept getting the same summons over and over and over again. And I don't understand how that happens. All right? Like, for example, I got uh, older Tiki okay, multiple okay. times. I got... Oh, who did I get? I got, like, Leon multiple times. I swear, in, like, two different summon sessions, I p went in, pulled one orb because I was trying to p pick specific ones, pulled out, went back in, got that same orb, and it was the same character. I'm like, there are well over 500, I would even argue 600 characters in this game. Not all of them you can summon, I grant you. But how is it that I'm getting the same characters over and over again within a shortened amount of time? The odds of that are astronomical. Except for the fact that it's me. Alright? This is totally the RNG gods making fun of me. Like, oh, you want some new characters? No, just get Tiki three or four times. Alright? Or other times, I got, like, characters that were so similar to each other, it was crazy. Like, uh, I got Maria and... Who was the Awakening healer from House uh, Hoshido? Um, uh, wait, Awakening... Hoshido is, is from no, Fates. 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 Uh, yeah, Azama? No, the the female, your sister. Oh, Sakura. Sakura, Sakura yeah, yeah. yeah. I got Sakura, and then I got Maria back to back, and then I was looking at their art, and they're like so dang similar. I'm like, you're just like mocking me, aren't you? <laughs> this, this is what you're doing. Like, okay, this is this is not fair. So, but yeah, I've, I've been I've been taking it light. But my copy of Kirby and the Forgotten Land will be coming in tomorrow, and our dear boss King Kubikif actually sent me a physical copy of the game. Oh. I know! It's like, it's been a while since I've actually had a physical copy of a game, because that used to be what I always got, and then once, you know, uh, Keith started offering to buy me review copies, I was like, okay, so I kept getting digital copies, so like, much, pretty much all of the main releases up to a point as of late, uh, I've been getting digitally, so now he said, hey, I, I, I mailed it to you, it's going to be coming in Friday, so fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Uh, also, I can't remember if I talked about this last week, but um, I was inspired by Triangle Strategy <laughs> to write a book called The Choice of Thorns, and uh, I'm actually a couple chapters in. I, I used my free week to write that, and it's actually, I feel, rather compelling. So uh, thank you, Triangle Strategy. I don't know where this is going to go, but I am at the very least invested. So it's 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 very fun for me. But yeah, and then hopefully, but, but, but I promise by next week I will be all about Kirby. Uh, I I doubt it'll take me a week to beat because usually Kirby games are kind of short. No. I mean, if you want to go for a straight run, but of course that's also the like the very hard perfectionist levels they usually have at True. after post game, correct? True. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, very light gaming week for me. But that was that was by intention, so I don't mind. Mm -mm. All right, all right. And I guess for me, just to compliment on the Fire Emblem Heroes thing as well, like, yeah, for me, like, when the Hero, a Hero Rises banner came out, I had three green ores, but unfortunately, I got, I had no luck with them, so yeah. I mean, let's just point out the fact that this banner ha is only green ores specifically specialized. Like, we could have had a legendary singer to have at least one red to break it up, but no, it had to be all green. It's like, jeez, they, they really didn't want us to get it there, so... But eh, it's an interesting time to say at least. So yeah, and um, just want to give an update regarding to triangle strategy on my side of things. And 
Like I am at that split. However, the one thing I want to I want to try to get is uh, the last character of Giovanna. There are other characters um, to get on the other different paths, but I want to get Giovanna before I go into the final battle. However, I didn't realize that I had to get a certain liberty level and like sixteen hundred points last I checked. And right now I'm just basically grinding, and the only way I can actually earn liberty points is basically either healing your party or spending ten thousand gold in the shop. So that's what I've been doing and just like praying to RNG that I get reach close because I got um, one more character. I believe that's uh, up like uh, 10,000 points, but that's another spoiler character. But so yeah, on Golden Path. But yeah, that's where I'm currently at right now at Triangle Strategy. So, but if anything, if if that, if my grinding doesn't pay off to get Giovanna, I'm just going to go straight to and I should be done by next week. So I'll talk about that. But Will, do you hate our country? I mean, just serious question. I mean, you you have no liberty score. Do you hate our country? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I kind of find it very interesting. Like, yeah, like I re- that all my choices, ironically enough, so far has been more or less been either been in the morality or utility, which is the most interesting part. And like, especially with that last combo when you talk to that royalist uh, female, like, then you then you tell if you trust that, then tell us what you know about the royalist faction. Like yes, I w- I went to that utility route. Like yeah, do not hide anything from us. <laughs> and, I want to uh, note that Will hates our country, but he gets the golden route. Or I love our country, and I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't get it, and I had to watch Frederica suffer. Okay, I am not a happy man. It's and, in, it's it's totally unjust. There is no there is no uh, uh, justice in this world. Yeah. I, I can't believe that that somebody who clearly just detests our country so much that they haven't gotten Giovanna. Uh, on their first run, like I did, is able to get the gold. Oh, <laughs> uh, world has to has to suffer. Yeah. Yes, it's yes, crazy. yes. You can claim that you have that feather in your cap in your first run, but at least I have Cole Hog and De- Decimo. Which I've heard that Cole Hog is like game breaking. Broken. He is broken. If you have Cole Hog, he he's basically Dio of JoJo. He can literally transport your units one to one spot to another. He is literally a JoJo character. So. Yeah, if you ever, ever get Kohog in your team in your in your run, by all means get him. He is very useful, especially transporting like slow units. So highly recommended. Yeah, I, so. I I was watching. We were talking about this in the Discord, and I didn't realize I knew there was more characters out there just because I had I had heard talk of it, but I didn't realize how many characters I didn't get in my run. Like I knew there was one called the Blood Fist, and I knew Will had gotten them, and I was fine. But then other ones were just based solely on your stats, and so there's like four or five characters i didn't get in my runs my last one was the uh uh the shield guy the, flanagan flanagan Flanagan. yeah he was i got him he was the last character i got and he was like two levels away from the end so i didn't really use him but in my golden run i'm gonna be very interested in trying to get all these extra characters just to see what they're like I mean, like even is like for the other uh, other three normal paths as well, because they only you only could get them on. For example, you you got Cordelia, which is the only time you actually you only could get her when you uh, join with the Roland when you split up. So like it, it basically does, as I said, we've said many times, is that encourages a multiple playthroughs. So if you want to get all the characters, it would take at least four playthroughs to get everybody. But uh, I digress. Again, triangle strategy. I should be done by by the end of. By the next podcast, I'll finish my golden run if I don't get Giovanna and all that. But overall, it's a great game. I'm enjoying myself. But one thing I actually want to talk about just briefly on what I've been played is uh, I've been actually have been invited into the closed beta test of Octopath Traveler Champions of the Continent, which is oh, the lucky. mobile game. <laughs> I signed up. I didn't get in. 
I think. Yeah, and um, just for brief details, unfortunately, they have a bit of an NDA, just uh, keep it in the first chapter. And basically, in the mobile game, now we got finally is coming out in English, is basically, which one do you prefer? Do you prefer wealth? Do you prefer power? Or do you prefer fame? That, that's what basically is asking about in this, in this mobile game right now. And if you play Octopath Traveler, then you will feel ex- right at home. Like, the music, same, same tunes, same battle music, and of course, the same prey point system. Like, the only thing I just wish, of course, is like the main characters, like French, uh, the unbending art blade. I forgot his name. Uh, Ulrich. O- o- yeah, Ulrich. Ulrich. Ulrich, thank you. Thank Ulrich. Yeah, Alex. I want to have those characters, but likely we'll probably get them once the full game comes out. But like these characters. I'm not a mobile game player. I have no idea what game this is. Is it from Square? It is from Square. Yes, it is yeah. also published it's, by Square. It's Spike an Square. official prequel to Octopath Traveler. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, this yeah, one, yeah. This, this has been out for a while, but it was never uh, brought to the West until now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and yeah, like it is basically talk about like three, uh, as as I said, the three paths of of power, fame, and wealth, which their own uh, bosses per se. So obviously, it is a gotcha game, and once you like do the summonings and all that, there is like these different random characters, which of course, obviously, it's not as like impactful as like the main game of Octopath Traveler prior but it definitely has its heart it has its heart but of course naturally keep in mind it is a gotcha they want your money and all that so but aside from that I'll, I'll keep it wrapping up because I'm going on too long is that it is very true to the game I'll give it that much very true storylines as well could be equally dark as well so overall it shows a lot of promise this gotcha game so Octopath Traveler content, champions of the content definitely show uh, shape not to be very promising to say at least that's really cool. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I I'm looking it up now and it seems pretty intriguing. Yeah, so definitely keep us posted on that. Yeah, so I actually, much like Todd, have had a quiet week gaming. Um, I started my new game plus run of Triangle Strategy, and uh, it it I want to replay the game and I want to play all the paths and I want to <laughs> see all the maps that I didn't see, but I kind of want to break from the game I'm, I'm not a new game plus person i think that's the thing i'm really okay, okay. like at the core i just new game plus is always like you come in your character is a little overpowered and it it just feels like i don't know it almost feels like i'm playing it just to rush through to get the true ending and i want to get that true ending and they do a nice job of scaling the difficulty in this one it's not totally awful but like for example the first map where you're fighting the trish and travis bandits they just level them up to like level 34 level 35 and then you you whatever your level is you kind of match them when you start so it's not it's not totally broken in that regard but it is broken in that the abilities that your characters have are ridiculously strong so like some of the like quietuses that you wouldn't be able to use until like halfway through the game. Having those in the very beginning of the game can really trivialize a lot of the maps. So I think these first couple levels especially are kind of just a slog to get through. Uh, so I, I didn't get too, too far. Eventually I'll get back to it, but I just, I'm never really a big New Game Plus guy. I, I leveled up all my characters that I didn't use. I thought, oh, I'm going to use you know, uh, just uh, the Archibald, like I never used him. I wanted to get to know the characters who I didn't fight with. And now it's like, do I really care about getting to know them that much that I'm going to spend three hours grinding the, the mental mock battles to get them up to, you know, it's, it's just not my favorite process in the world. So I played a little bit of that and that was honestly it. I think 
I'll be getting Kirby first thing tomorrow, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to kind of sinking all my time into that. But it was a quiet week for me. Another all of that? Yeah, next week we'll definitely be talking a lot about Kirby. But for now, let's get to the news. So, it's time to go down the warp pipe. And first, Kirby! Because Nintendo has been counting down the days, literally, uh, until Kirby and the Forgotten Lands release. And today, in lieu at the time of recording, in lieu of it being one day away, at the time of recording, they dropped a brand new trailer for Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and it reveals quite a lot. Uh, the least of which is our first look at King DDD. Surprise! He's not exactly in his right mind. Make your own joke here. Uh, I want to pause really quick because did okay? Did you guys see this trailer? I'm actually seeing I it right now. Watch this one. Okay. Did you see like the detail on DDD? Okay, I'm seeing it right now. Yeah, it is a lot of fluff. Yeah, yeah, definitely detailed. Yeah, yeah. There was, it was like the Nintendo gets ragged on for the graphics. We talked about a lot here on this podcast, but this one, like the look of DDD, in was like wow, the detail on like his robe and everything. Uh, I was very blown away by it. And the Forgotten Land itself looks very, very beautiful. But, like, just that opening with, with DDD and, like, the texture on his Sultan outfit and the hammer, I was like, okay, they really went deep on this. And uh, we get a glimpse of multiple boss fights that we're going to have, uh, including with a cat, with a gorilla, with an angry tree, because there's always an angry tree. It's Kirby. Um, <laughs> we want to call that an armadillo. And, of course, the capturing of the Waddledees. And, uh, yeah, this this game looks really, really big and interesting, and the environments are incredibly detailed, far beyond anything we've seen with the Kirby game in the past. And then when you add in those upgradable abilities, including one where you get to be Meta Knight. Yep, yep, yep. I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm very, I'm very, very curious how this is all going to play, and I'm seeing some like new stuff for car. Oh, sorry, a, a mouthful mode, and this game looks very impressive. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's just so much things I'm I'm seeing in this trailer right now, and yeah, just like again, so much things has has been seemed to be improved. Even like there was like a one recent interview from the team that said they actually included one more um uh engine or a tech d- detail in their game to allow for a uh, 3D uh, Kirby for this one. I don't know. There was an interview that just came out um today. And... Yeah, we'll talk about it more in the main event. I, I have some stuff. In okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, hold right. on to that. But, oh, yeah, overall, this trailer is just, like, yeah, it is definitely shaping up to be the Kirby game to date right now. Even to the point that some people are saying that this is even better than Super Mario Odyssey, which that is a tall statement. That's bold. <laughs> that is a bold statement. Yeah, uh, another thing, and I'll, I'll let Tyler talk about the trailer in a second, but the reviews for this game are, like, out of this world there uh, i saw one tweet about it and it was like 9 out of 10 9 out of 10 9 out of 9.5 out of 10 and uh like that's very impressive and I, I, I let's look at metacritic right now it's standing at 84 85 84 84 say it i i, I believe you I, it yeah. was 85 like okay. a couple hours ago okay then it, <laughs> it then went down a point but uh, still, 84 is very impressive. I don't say I still think it's higher, but like I, I, there's like multiple 90s and 100. I don't even think they're counting all the reviews that I saw because I saw ones that were much higher than this. Um, well, this, probably, this person gave it a 65. They're going to heck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 you're bashing Kirby. You're going straight to heck. So 
like I'm that's, that actually I don't like to base things on reviews, but when I see so many people liking a game, that does give me hope that I'm gonna like it at the very least. How much obviously is debatable, but uh, it's been a while. It's been a long while since I've played a Kirby game. Like I did not play Star Allies. I didn't do Planet Robobot. Uh, I think my last one might have been Epic Yarn. And did you play Triple Deluxe on 3DS? Yes, I played Triple Deluxe on 3DS. Uh, I was also mad that I got the game because I beat it in like way too quickly. <laughs> really, I love Triple Deluxe. It was one of my favorite 3DS games. Maybe, maybe I'm oh. misremembering, but uh, either way, it's been a while, and so I'm I'm very excited for uh, Forgotten Land. And this trailer just helps cement it because this looks like there's gonna be some really clever boss fights and powers. It's gonna be awesome. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm so can wonder how like different powers affect different bosses. I mean, like, if you played the demo, like that ice ice power frozen up the the big monkey. Like, I can only imagine what other powers can affect the bosses. So yeah, I'm the I I don't like to ever see more of that. Yeah, I've always found the copy abilities to be underwhelming against bosses. I almost feel like base Kirby is better than like ninety percent of them. Usually, like the long range like charge missile ones are really good, like Spark. But I actually like I find sword just to not do enough damage, and ice doesn't really do enough damage to like make up for it. Like when you hit somebody with a star that they leave out, if you're like bashing the ground, you do a ton of damage. Mm, yeah. I mean that's kind of like, like they're balancing it as well because I even like during the first games, yeah, like the star power, the star uh, pounding uh, they 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 shoot out is just like yeah, that's the basic thing you're supposed to use against them. I mean, again, the first game didn't have any powers, so yeah. Yeah, I'm very curious about the upgrading ability because, like, how how mu- how do we have to do that? You know, uh, like I want to know how we get to be Meta Knight. <laughs> like that, like when I saw that mask, I'm like, oh, we get to be Meta Knight, and Meta Knight's in the game. Yep. We know Meta Knight is there, so that's going to be very very interesting to see how that plays out. So, but yeah, Kirby and the Forgotten Land is available now. When you're listening to this podcast, so definitely play it. And uh, what? Let us know what you think. And then we were actually looking at this up. At the begin uh, before the podcast, the best-selling Kirby game is Kirby's Dreamland, all the way back on the original Game Boy, and the second best-selling one is Kirby Star Allies, which was of course on the Nintendo Switch in 2018, I believe it was. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, 2018. So like that's a pretty big gap if you really think about it. So I have a sneaking suspicion that Kirby Forgotten Land is going to be either number two soon enough or maybe if it is as good as we're hoping it could be the number one kirby game but we'll have to see we'll have to see all right next up we have a story that very much took us aback and that is uh, masahiro sakurai is doing a two-part series about smash brothers as a whole to be clear here he is not confirming the next smash for this title he just got done with the last one let the man live <laughs> all right and if you recall our last podcast we're really hoping he's working on kid icarus right now um but he and nintendo teamed up for a two-part series about the reveal trailers of the characters because ever since technically brawl started it with snake and sonic <laughs> but with wii u and 3ds every new character got a major reveal trailer and they were awesome and so Sakurai went step by step th- in part one with the Wii U and 3DS trailers and broke down like the tiniest of details to talk about, you know, the teams who made them, what went into them, what was the thought process. And it was actually really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you like read the details of some of these uh, um, trailers, like for example, like the cloud trailer, 
uh, Cloud Stripe trailer. They they want to make it quiet, but only like certain people know that music right at the beginning, like with Maximilian Dude or or anybody who has listened to episode seven, played episode seven, and yeah, like most of these things, they unfortunately they didn't have like the graphics for like to play the gameplay, so they just did it as like in game models. While there were like some other uh, trailers that actually was um. Shoot, I yeah, I think was was yeah, band like for example, Bandai Namco or Pac Man, that was all in on their house. It was nothing yeah. from Nintendo. So like yeah, these different trailers, like especially like the, the comic book style of um the little Mac trailer, just like seeing all these details are like what it use. <laughs> Even to this point to say like yeah, we we do it, we did this thing because in order to cut back on budget. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of like yeah, uh, I love detail. these developer interviews like this because they always bring you some little tidbit that you're like oh my gosh that's so cool. Like I would have like we see it as fans, and I think that like being able to experience these things that we've loved so much as fans as the creators do is just such a rewarding experience. I love just reading like the little Mac trailer that we all really liked. Love it was created in that comic book style to save money. It was like that something so simple, and yet their creativity led you know it. Despite the the budgetary setbacks, they were still able to make it one of the most memorable trailers. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I like that it was that style because it because think about it punch out is retro like it's not like with fire emblem or, or technically fire emblem's retro but like when they did awakening which we'll be talking about in a second you know that was you know a more modern one and then some of the other ones were like oh yeah let's go as flashy as we can versus that one's like no let's just go old school and it worked i still tear up when i uh see that trailer my my favorite one uh reading was about uh robin and lucina showing oh. he framed he talked about how he frames like i always loved it where the hero shows him shows up like right in the nick of time and so they framed that whole trailer around that so that the hero could save the day and then that was done by the fire emblem people mm-hmm. so that this that was their engine and everything so that they could make it a truly fire emblem style feel and it, it absolutely worked so I, I still remember that trailer, not for the Fire Emblem characters, but for Captain Falcon. <laughs> yep, yep. If you yep. recall, and for those who don't, Captain Falcon is in every single Smash for this game, and yet every single time people freak out when they don't know if Captain Falcon's going to be there. He's always there. And so, like before that trailer released, there was no confirmation of Captain Falcon, and people were like, "Where's Captain Falcon? Where's Captain Falcon?" And who's beating up Lucina? Captain Falcon. There, he's right there. <laughs> Shut yeah. up. Yeah, I remember those times when people were that were that worried. Yeah, I agree, and especially of course, everyone was was so confused. We're going to to um crom. Like, yeah, I would have a chance another day. No, you be in this thing as a smash as as a final smash assist. It's like, geez, way to break people's spirits until now. Yeah, and then of course, in ultimate, he was there as an echo. So, <laughs> but yeah, like just just for my my thing, I I really also. Personally, for me, in, in this interview, I, I really love his uh, thoughts regarding to um, the Bayonetta trailer. That one I really liked. Like, like the way it just very deep with going to the Devils and Angels. And he, he said he even got shivers when hearing uh, Helen Taylor's uh, Bayonetta's voice actors just doing those lines. Oh, another angel. Just like, oh, oh, oh that's that's my girl. Like yeah, that. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and I, lo- I, wa- I rewatched that one because it's been a long time. And the the way she was talking with Pelotene. Enough, Goddess. Don't mess with the wit. I'm right. Like, they got yeah, Annie Hose. love it. Yeah, so. like, ironically enough, like, yeah, they're, they're all, uh, Sakura was also glad that he got, uh, that he hear um, Anthony Dario, the voice of Pet, and Alice Hellas to do these trailers again, which, yeah, yeah it's it very, very, very nice to see, which, ironically enough, we are, we just passed, the, I believe, the 10th anniversary of... Uh, 10th anniversary, yeah. 
of of Kate Uprising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, there was a lot of like a lot of buzz around it. I, uh, Game Explain had the Palutena voice actress and um, the Pitts voice actor. Yep, on. A- uh, Ali Hellas and Anthony Del Rio. Yep, Thank yep, you. Yep. I knew Anthony Del Rio. I couldn't remember uh, the uh, Palutena's actress, but uh, they also shot like this is total sidebar. But they shot uh, videos together, like shouting out ten years of Uprising. Kid Icarus Uprising was an unbelievable game, in my opinion. It was a success. I think it sold, what was it, like a, close to 2 million, if not slightly more? I believe so, yeah, yeah. Like but that. it wasn't like, I don't know, I'm surprised that they're doing all this 10th anniversary stuff for it. And conspiracy theory? I'm kind of hopeful that there might be something else in the works here. Like, Never they're know. really blowing up the 10th anniversary. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's just that, like, also just basically celebrating as well. But e- even they, they said themselves on the, on the Game Explain interview, like, yeah, perhaps a modern-day Switch port, maybe? Because, again, right now, the, that this is the only the only way you can actually play this game route is on 3DS. But even, even that shop's going to be closing down, so I'd get it digitally or get a, a physical, which I don't know how much physical is going to cost right now these days. So, yeah, so if you're going to go play Kickers Up, I think now's the chance to get it right now while the eShop's still up. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, another fun one that i liked reading was that of the bowser jr trailer oh yeah he goes bowser jr is normally a cute or maybe unlikable character yes he's very unlikable thank you sakura but uh he said we presented him in a cool way with a proper villain role i like the feeling of despair and the two sides clashing together at the end however because of this we had to refine all seven Koopalings in cg and the video cost more than cost more to make than expected so you're saying that Bowser stole your money? Accurate. Nothing. Nothing at all. That was right That's... there. <laughs> no. I mean, it's forward, say at least. It doesn't. Not all puns have to be uberly clever. It's never mind. Uh, but yeah, this was actually. I really like this one, especially with the music and how they use the reveal of both Bowser Jr. and the Koopalings. That moonshot of them on the cliff, overlooking Mario and party. Like that was a really great shot. And so if this cost a little more than expected, it was worth it. Even though technically he was spoiled, uh, he was one of the characters that was uh, leaked beforehand. Him and Duck Hunt Dog and Dark Pit and a few others. Shulk, so, I think too. Yeah, Shulk. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mind, but that that one was another one. I can't watch the Duck Hunt Dog trailer. I can't. The dog is still mocking us. Thirty some odd years later, the dang dog is still mocking us. I can't take it. It, it was cool to see that they're going all the way back to the Smash 4 trailers because they the trailers really have evolved. Like, yeah, there were some classics like the Mega Man one that were at the same level as some of the newer ones. But you did have those occasional low budget like Charizard, like kind of just packed in with Greninja and Pac-Man wasn't really a big blowout when they announced him. And like the trainer. Yeah, there's so many <laughs> tiny ones. Yeah, but it, it was cool to see the thought process behind each of those, and to see what the Smash reveal trailers have kind of evolved too. Like they're almost the reveal trailers are almost as big as the characters themselves. Yeah, like they're, it, they're events. They really are. They're straight up events. And, and and going back to your one about Charizard and Greninja, he noted that he wanted this these reveals at the time to come out fast. And he even said that the people who made the video even told me that I wanted it twice as fast as it needed to be. Because that was what their thing is. Like, I thought this was just about, you know, getting the video to be fast and dynamic. I wanted to release the fighter videos quickly and at a fast pace. But, and it is indeed a faster video than some of the other ones. But it works out in the end, especially with how they do the Greninja reveal. But, 
yeah, some of them aren't the best. But then you got like Palutena, where we got the epic fight between Pit and Link in anime mm-hmm. style, which has had many people saying we need a Smash Brothers anime, and we do. So it, it is very much an evolution, which is why I'm very excited for when they do the ultimate trailers because. Mm-hmm. Between like Ridley and Simon Belmont, Banjo Kazooie, uh, and of course Sora at the end, even though we've already gotten massive <laughs> breakdowns of Sora, you know, it yeah. still matters. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, personally, I would, I would love to hear his thoughts when he when he included Joker. I want to hear about oh, that one. That one I definitely want to hear. That one too. But uh, yeah, this this was just a fun insight. Oh. It, Sakurai, you can just hear the passion when he's talking about these things. Like like the Ryu trailer, he goes, it's obvious to those who know it, but this first shot is based on the opening to Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Like <laughs> That's just who he is. He is that gamer guy. And if you recall the Terry Bogard trailer, if I, uh, reveal video and the explanation, he put in a character in the background that was from this spinoff of King of Fighters or something like that that was like so super niche. No one would have gotten that except Sakurai because he's a gamer. Like, this is what he does. So, mm, mm, yeah. mm, mm. Or, and even he admitted that having Cloud in, in Smash Brothers was shocking. I'm like, yes! Yes, it was! <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we do have it. We have the link to it up in an article, and we highly recommend going over this and watching this. It's really, really cool. So, uh, yeah, and we will let you know when the Ultimate trailers get their due, because uh, I've it's probably going to be something really special. Uh, I believe it comes out next week, last I checked. Yeah. Okay, good to know. I will keep my eyes open for it. Uh, okay, this one is actually about a software update, believe it or not. we uh, The Nintendo Switch got an update recently, and it's adding a fan-favorite feature that has been asked for for years, and Nintendo is only now getting around to it. Thanks, Nintendo. Uh, we were talking, of course, about folders. You can now group your games on your Nintendo Switch menu so that it's easier to get to the games that you want to play instead of having to scroll endlessly. I didn't even know. That, that <laughs> a, par- a friend of mine actually know, like, hey, Nintendo's actually doing something good, even though they did it first in 2011. Like, <laughs> that does make it sound bad, doesn't it? It's like, again, the fact that we have had this feature in the 3DS, the yeah. prior system, is just like, why can you do this thing now? Why it took so many years? Like, yeah, we're already for like five years since the, the system's released, and you couldn't do folders and all that. I mean, maybe two years after, okay, I'll give you that much, but you took five years, which, yeah, took your sweet time. And the fact, like, okay, like, good, we can finally organize, but also the fact that I, I hate to bring up our competition. But again, I, I we had this thing with the PS4 and the PS4 done it like I believe straight up like, it was like out of the outer gate we actually can organize games be in different titles that, like whatever you want to name it your folder as so the fact that Nintendo's doing this now is like geez taking your, your own pace and all that I mean sure this is Nintendo we always knew Nintendo does Nintendo things they do their things at their own pace but ow t- it's just like about time and like I hate, hate to go a bit tangent, but like with this update of having folders in the Nintendo Switch right now, like many people are speculating regarding to is this something else showing us differently? Like, are we finally getting themes for our Switch now? <laughs> it's like, what are you gonna be doing? I mean, sure, they're my pace, but yeah, it's just like, okay, about time. Uh, that I think that's pretty much the consensus of many uh, fans right now. It's just like, about, it's about time, yeah. See, I like I do download a lot of games, but I am primarily a physical 
person. So if I'm going to start a game, my process is go get the cartridge and put it in the machine. So folders didn't really do anything for me. Like I never really cared that they weren't there. And I like Todd put in our discord, like I'm not going to use them. I really don't think I'll ever use them. I'm glad that they're there. They should have been there originally for people who do just download all of their games. Um, or just like you know, enjoy the fun of sorting through games. I mean, I enjoy sorting through my physical games, so maybe it's the same sort of thing digitally. <laughs> uh, but the bigger thing for me would be adding new icons and themes. Like that would be amazing. I re- just cannot believe that there were no Fire Emblem Three Houses themes uh, or icons. I really, really, really want a Dimitri icon. Oh uh, yeah, actually, funny enough as well, because that actually is a good way to go go compliment. Because um, I'm not sure anyone uh, you guys remember, but recently um, Nintendo has also allowed like these um like uh, Nintendo missions on your uh, Switch account to actually uh, use your uh platinum points to actually earn new icons. I'm not sure you, you remember this. One. I did see that. Yeah. And yeah, like I actually did that for myself for I believe for Super Mario Odyssey. So you actually can get like new background slash icons for your profile so in regards to that one to fire emblem i mean here's hoping to actually will bring a fire emblem icons and all that so, so we're in these battle in these uh nintendo missions for your planet points instead of just like for them wa- wasting away in your account or on physical goods but yeah like yeah that's one thing i do hope that nintendo definitely adds on to more especially that the fan favor of having themes i mean yeah, icons. Yeah, having my me icons and all different things—that's all good. Including, I would definitely love to have Fire Emblem theme icons um, down the line. But yeah, just how about you bring those themes? Like, you, you gotta make more or less the 3ds uh, more or less obsolete soon with with the closing of the Wii, the Wii U and and the 3ds eShop. So why not bring all the things you have for the 3ds to the Nintendo Switch? I I think that maybe what they're transitioning with right now. So I'm not sure. That's just my speculation. Yeah, I uh. Uh, Skullkid Scott asked us about this, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't use it. I wouldn't use this, even if it wasn't, you know, even if I was told to. I wouldn't know how to how to bundle it because, I mean, I guess I could put like Pokemon games in one thing, but then I'd have like a folder of three, <laughs> Diamond, uh, new Pokemon Snap, and then Arceus. Like that would be it. And Mario titles, I guess. But that'd be another three. That'd be Rabbids and Cart and Odyssey. Uh, yeah, I think that, I think that's it. I mean, okay. I mean, I mean. To be fair, like I, I did not mind going through the library section, like going all the way to the right, scrolling to the right, and then just go through the, the entire list of what I download. But granted, like if you have like a lot of demos or anything else in between, then sure, I think that may be the only reason why you want to make folders if you have like like other software that just get crumpled up, like with YouTube, Twitch, and yada yada. So I think that's probably the only reason why people will actually appreciate these folders. But I mean. I, I used it. It's, it's again. It's a sorting sort material, sorting device. So I mean, take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. I will leave it. I will leave it. <laughs> I will be happy. Okay. Happy, I tell you. Happy. Okay, that's enough of that then. <laughs> All right. Next. Uh, okay, this one's actually kind of a shocking story. Uh, Dragalia Lost. All right, so if you recall, this was one of the games made via uh, for the uh, mobile initiative of Nintendo. And this was a, an original IP. It was a gotcha title. And it was doing really well. In fact, at one point, I believe it was the second highest grossing mm-hmm. mobile game for Nintendo. And to be clear, Pokemon Go is not with Nintendo. That's Niantic and the Pokemon Company and Game Freak. 
All right, so it was literally Fire Emblem Heroes, and it was Dragalia Lost, and then basically everybody else. <laughs> and yet, to the, the surprise of many, it is indeed shutting down. Uh, according to them, they are going to wrap up the main campaign, and then there are going to be no future updates for the title. Okay. Yeah, this one was kind of a bit of a shocker as well because I actually just recently got it a little bit into Dragalia Lost recently, and yeah, just to like see this thing shut down and being the the second most uh, profiting game for Nintendo on the Gotcha Market besides Fire Emblem Heroes is just like. I really do wonder what was the reason because like they had they had a lot of things good going for it like it, it was very casual friendly I mean they had so much great uh, collaborations as well like they had Persona they had uh, Mega Man they had even Fire Emblem Heroes they did that collaboration including Monster Hunter it, it seems to be doing so well honestly so the fact that now it's closing down after the summer is just like. I wonder what was the what was the factor because like there's actually a, a very funny um, meme. That apparently, Persona was the nail in the coffin because apparently, like if you collaborate with Persona, you are destined to be shut down. Like apparently, there's like if you do, yeah, there are four other uh, other gacha games. They apparently close on soon afterwards. So really? I don't know. <laughs> I, I coincidentally enough, yeah, if you collaborate with Persona, you're bound to be shut down. So I don't know. Maybe maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, just so I can read the statement, uh, they go, the Dragalia Lost Main Campaign is scheduled to reach its conclusion in, sorry, it's in July of 2022 with Part 2 of Chapter 26, the final and climactic addition to its long-running story. After the main campaign is concluded, service for the game itself will come to a close at a later date. Uh, for the details, will come later. Uh, after the final set of new ventures is added and a summon showcase scheduled for the end of March, the game will not receive any new content updates aside from those for the main campaign and certain quests. So, yeah, and they, of course they thank the the gamers who have been playing. But this is really weird. I mean, I honestly wonder if, and I'm not, I don't believe the, the Persona thing, but is this could this really be that they just want to end the game because they're done with the campaign versus like Fire Emblem Heroes, which is keeping the campaign going over and over and possibly a little too much? <laughs> uh i it, that's definitely an interesting point to consider as well like yeah like once you have a solid story and ended right now there's really nowhere else to go for it so maybe that that's the route they're taking like yeah ended right now before it, it, it becomes into fire emblem heroes it just drags on and on and on maybe who knows okay. but yeah it, yeah like but if you if you have uh, played the, the story so far of Dragon Lost, like it is a very solid story. Sure, anime is heck, but it's definitely at least a solid story regarding to all things uh, dragons and the main cast. Like, yeah, e- even the like the the so- the beginning song of the Hub World is like it's so catchy. I mean, I I actually will be downloading the song later on, just like Bokurano Network. So yeah, it's it's just kind of sad to see like such a great gotcha game for Nintendo. It's just to to shut down. I mean, that is definitely the fate of all gotchas eventually, to say the least. But to see to see something like something like this, actually a very a very good gotcha like this ending is just like yeah, I can't help but feel a little bit sad about it. Yeah, it's definitely surprising that there's no immediate like replacement in mind. Nintendo's been drifting away from mobile for the past couple of years now. I think so. I'm not. I'm not shocked to see this news. I don't know anybody who plays Dragalia like that, but it 
it definitely always surprised me how much money it made when they would show its stats. So <laughs> I'm guessing the player base just really dwindled to a point where Nintendo is like, eh. And, and who, who did they develop it alongside? I, it's not purely Nintendo. I'm trying to remember. The no. Other. Um, uh, I think it was a DNA, I think. I, I, I think it was. I think that's right. I gotta look it up. Yeah, um, I think it was DNA. And oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's just, yeah, a lot, a, probably a lot of people considering. Thai and, games. There you oh, go. oh, side games. Oh, yeah, side games. Yeah, 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 side games. Side games. Yeah, yeah. So, well. yeah, just and again, the fact they actually play, use Crom in this game is like, okay, it's crazy. Crom, Mega Man, everybody is just like, yeah. Uh, too bad won't be having another collaboration like this again until like the next Smash Bros. If there will be a Smash Bros., but eh, who knows? <laughs> oh well. All right, and then after that, we have okay, we got a couple bit of sales news. First up is. Metroid Dread, which is now apparently the best-selling uh, Metroid game in the UK, if not the best-selling Metroid game ever. At, if you recall, the beginning of February when we got the news about the first sales of Dread, or better sales of Dread, it was at 2.7 million units as of February 2022. And now it's believed to not just surpass that, but it is number one in the UK overall. And it likely has passed Metroid Prime, which was the best-selling game of all time for Metroid series. So that's quite an accomplishment for a game that was, again, announced last June. So it went from not known, announced, game of the year hit, now best-selling Metroid game ever, more than likely. So very, very impressive. The power of the Switch once again yes. on display. It, this, the console just has a has a record, a, a noted track record at this point of just pumping out the biggest hits in Nintendo franchises. Yeah, which is why uh, no doubt a lot of people are excited for not just Kirby, but Advance Wars and some of the other titles we're getting a little bit later this year, and hopefully the return of games like Kid Icarus and uh, Oh Donkey Kong mm -hmm. and, and, and some of the other first parties that we all want. F Zero. I gotta say it. We need F zero, <laughs> F zero, F zero, F zero, F zero, and then, and only then, can we get Mother Three. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's F zero holding us back. Because if the fan base is divided between wanting F zero and wanting Mother back, then once we satisfy one, all the fans will go to the other. And say, okay, we got F zero. Now we can get Mother Three. Come on, Reggie, make it happen. Oh my gosh, can you? I imagine. I just, I seriously imagine the day that Mother Three does come to the West, and Reggie's like. There it is. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine, yeah, like going to the press conference or, or like the the E3, like here, here's one of three. I'm just gonna make this one appearance to say it's co finally coming. Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> exactly. It's like I'm Reggie. I was the head of Nintendo, but then you all drove me away by asking me repeatedly for Mother Three. And even when I was retired, you still asked me for it. So here, it's here. Leave me alone. And if you don't leave me alone, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> so anything i saw I, I saw this on reggie's twitter feed apparently he signed a uh someone had a gba cartridge on him he was they were trying to get reggie to sign it and he did and he signed it mother three and so the gamer posted it and he goes there's here's the real copy of mother three and quoted and reggie goes yep there it is oh reggie <laughs> we don't deserve you <laughs> but we we do deserve you because we need you to give us mother three so yeah uh, and then uh, outside of that, uh, we have Triangle Strategy 
sales news. We were very curious about how Triangle Strategy was going to do. And as of what was last Friday, I think was when it was revealed, uh, Triangle Strategy has sold uh, almost 800,000 units. And that was about last Friday, so it was like less than two weeks. And I don't know if that counted the digital sales, because Nintendo's really weird about that. So it's well on its way to being a million seller, and that's very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm just glad that this game is definitely, again, definitely captures that audience of like classic uh, tactical RPGs, which severely I think it is definitely lacking in that sphere, aside from like the sky and all that, but even that's uh, asking much. So yeah, I'm just glad that this goes to show Square Enix that, yeah, we want more games in this style. Like, of course, with the next project of Live Alive, which I, here's hoping that game also does uh, hands, uh, well as well to uh, promise more future titles of this style. So, yeah. Again, Cr- Chrono Trigger, Easy One, or something else, or even, heck, even Dragon Quest, but no, Dragon Quest has already been done, so who knows, who knows other titles in this style. So, here's hoping, here's hoping. I would love to see the Venn diagram of Triangle Strategy players and Fire Emblem Three Houses players, because I, I hope that Triangle Strategy was able to pull in even just a couple more people who aren't familiar with strategy RPGs, because I love this type of game, and I would love for there to be more of this type of game. I was, I was very curious about this. And then when the news broke, I, I, looked, I found out about it because of uh, in the website, and they revealed something very, very interesting. And that was that, uh, as, you, as we know here on NEP, uh, Octopath Traveler took about a month or so to get to million, uh, or million 1.5. And but Bravely Default 2 took like nine months. <laughs> it did not get over a million until it went onto PC, which was shocking to me because I could have sworn I saw that it did better than that, but apparently I was wrong. So that that's actually a nice bounce back for Team Asano because their last game had struggled to get to uh, one million, and now it looks like if they're not there already via this, this last week of sales, they're gonna get there within a month more than likely. So that's got to make them feel good. Yeah. So it just goes to show sometimes even like similar RPG titles can sell very differently based on their look, based on their story, based on what really drives the gameplay. And these were three very different titles in, in certain ways by Team Asano, and they all sold very, very differently. So there you go. Of course, we're all going to tell you to go not just buy Triangle Strategy, but if you've already gotten a copy, buy another one. Because you can. (laughs) (laughs) Because you can. Or if anything, buy one and give it to someone who might have been on the fence about it. And it's like, there you go. Here's here's your copy. And they'll maybe do the same for someone else. And on and on it goes. Um, I'm very curious. We we can talk about this right now. Um, What is next for Team Asano? Because yes, they're doing Live Alive, but that's a remake. So, like, what path, pun intended, <laughs> do they? Uh, do you think they're going to take? Because I, I doubt we're going to get Bravely Default 3, at least anytime soon. And there were rumors about Octopath Traveler 2, but now that we, then it was the, that became the prequel, then Triangle Strategy. So they seem to be, doing, be more interested in their original titles. So what direction do you feel that they should or could go in now that Triangle Strategy is very much a hit. Well, Team Asano is always ambitious in their titles. They always go for these games that are broad in scope and really try to do something creative. And 
they obviously are RPG specialists. I do think we're going to get a Bravely Default 3. I'd be very surprised if we didn't. It's a critically acclaimed series, and it's got a passionate following of, of fans. So uh, that th- th- I think that's coming. Whether that's next or not, I can't really say. I don't really expect it to be. I think that Team Asano is going to take plenty of time to make sure that the next game outdoes Bravely Default 2 um, and has some creative twist to it. I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if we got an Octopath uh, sequel. Uh, I think that there's a lot... That world is really interesting. I really enjoyed being in it, and I think that there's a lot of meat left on that bone. So I expect them to go in that direction. Maybe a little bit more of a focused game, less less uh, less ambitious, I guess, in its branching narrative, but perhaps more so in world building. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, and uh, I think we can all agree on about one thing of the next team, next uh, Asano game. Can you please not have the project title name as its official title, please? <laughs> like, come on, Octopath Traveler, that worked. But Triangle Strategy, come on. Yes, we talked about we made the joke many times over, but come on, this is hammered the fact in. Do not make the project title as its official name. Just use something in the story as the official title. Don't use it again, please. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> No, just, I'm with you now. Again, Octopath Traveler, I'll give them the pass because it was Project Octopath and it was Octopath Traveler. So at least they added something to the name. But And Octopath has its own meaning and Traveler worked. But Triangle Strategy, I will never forgive them. <laughs> I mean, and for, and for the, here's, the, here's, here's why. Yes, the Scales of Conviction eventually led you to doing three potential paths in the later part of the game. But in the beginning of the game, it was only two paths. So it wasn't a triangle, it was a line. And you can't say that the triangle strategy was in regards to the gameplay because you're not doing like triangle attacks, which you could do in Fire Emblem at times. So it's like triangle strategy, eh, it scales a conviction. That would have made, that would have slapped so hard, but no, we can't, just can't ha- we can't have anything nice. <laughs> we can't have anything nice. <laughs> <Moving> on. Uh, <laughs> And with that, we are heading to our main event. Where we're going to Hold talk- on. I put a very important piece of news fine, in the chat. Fine. It's Take very it important that we discuss it. Because today, there was a new video on the Sonic YouTube channel. A Tales channel is what they're calling it. And it's another, like, it's, I guess, kind of newsy, but more so entertainment and lore focused. And we finally have answers to one of the most important questions that has plagued the Sonic fandom forever. What's the deal with the random humans in Station Square, in the the other places I can't even in Sonic Unleashed to go through all these human realms? And we finally have confirmation that the animal world and the human world are actually one globe. The animals in the Sonic world live on these little small islands. That's where Sonic and Tails and Knuckles come from. And the people live in like established continents, like, you know, normal continents. So this long has plagued the Sonic fandom of why some games have humans and some games don't, and they never acknowledge how weird it is that some games have humans and some games don't. They finally put it all out there, and it's explained. And, and I just, I can sleep at night finally knowing this truth. Huh. That's, uh... Huh. <laughs> Will, yeah. what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm actually just seeing it. It just uploaded right now. I'm seeing it right now, and yeah, to see Tails and Sonic being presented this way, it's so weird. It's like, oh, Tails is an official YouTuber now. Oh, good lord, that's that's an image right there. Oh god. 
it was great, and I I'm looking forward to see the re- seeing the rest of them just because I can never I I can't a Sonic Lore is where I live. That is where I live, and and it's just going to be a feast every time they do a Tales channel. Yeah, you know what they should do next, Tyler? They should dedicate an entire episode to Archie Sonic and actually try and explain the madness <laughs> that goes on there because oh, it God. is quite mad. Because if yeah. you don't, because if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, there is a distinct difference between video game, let's call him Sega Sonic, and Archie Sonic. And Sega Sonic. He is, he has a certain let's call a limit to his speed. It's technically gotten faster over time, uh, especially if you look at Sonic Colors with the Wisp. Uh, but if you go to Archie Sonic, he's basically a god, like legit. He's he is so in tune with the element of chaos that even one of the creators of the universe can't touch him, and he can literally will fate to do whatever he wants. That is the power of Archie Sonic. Oh, also, yeah, awesome. and, and don't even get me started on Knuckles' backstory in that in Archie universe. It's really dark and weird. And he became green once because that's what gods are like. He, he became a <laughs> see, green even Knuckles I didn't god. Know this. I, I'm into like the game lore. Yeah. I know everything about that, but the Archie world is is like a whole other thing. But wait a minute, you just said that I live in Sonic lore, but yet not I Archie do. Sonic lore. I live in Sonic game lore. <laughs> I live in Sonic game lore. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, yeah, in Archie Sonic, the Chaos Emeralds are more like wishing stones, and so he can go into certain states where he can literally just will the universe to do what he wants, and uh, that's why actually in the comics, him and Eggman get into fights because uh, if Sonic isn't challenged, he gets so bored, and then it's a case of him like not wanting to live, kind of, sort of, and so that's why he, it's even applied that he allows Eggman to quote-unquote win at times just so he could have a challenge yeah yeah actually i feel like that was true in the early days of the games also it was like a much more like sonic got such a thrill out of being a hero and out of adventuring i kind of wish they brought that not all the way back but a little bit more of that into the newer games i think that's one of the more interesting takes on the character yeah so but if you hey if they want to Explain it that way with the humans and such? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Just never forget, ladies and gentlemen, that Sonic almost got into a relationship with a human girl in Sonic 2006. That's that canon. Was, that was a dark, dark day. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dark, dark day. Sonic fell for a woman. Uh, yeah, that, that that is kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Which 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 continent is that one on, Tyler? <laughs> the Tails mentioned that in his YouTube stream. It's on Soliana. Ah. Uh-huh. All right. So now can we get to the main event, please? Yeah, now we can. Now we can. I All just right. wanted to explain yep. that because I know everybody was wondering about. Right. That everybody. Everyone was totally wondering. Sure. Uh, but with Kirby and the Forgotten Lands coming out, there is a lot of questions about just how the game will play, what led to the development of this game, and more. So we're going to break it all down in an intent discussion. All right, Tyler, I know you wanted to lead this discussion, so please take it away. Yeah, well, Kirby and the Forgotten Land is a game that I thought all three of us were excited to get. Yeah. Only two of us. Yeah, three of us, Will. <laughs> three. 
I mean, I probably won't likely get this thing down as a discount, but uh-huh. like, I know, like, I, I'm, uh, the last time I played Kirby was probably even like the, um, on Nintendo Switch online service with the original Kirby game. So that's that in Smash Brothers, but yeah, I, like, Kirby doesn't really have much of a hook since then, since like, I don't know, the last excited one, which was Crystal Chronicles. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just growing, uh, more, uh, jaded these past years. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I kind of want to start this discussion. Ironically, you played the demo of my memory serves, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That I did. That I did yeah, because we talked about it a little bit a couple episodes back. But I want to refresh everyone's thought. I kind of, I don't know, there. Just a reminder of what we talked about. What were your impressions of the demo? Like personally, for me, like it shows just so much great promise in into this uh, next entry of Kirby. Like one, just like how you can see, like it's just big. One thing is obvious that it's big. It just shows up like what would Curry do in a human esque world with all these like forgotten ruins of like a passivizations and the powers. Like, uh, like they just show up like the gigantic, the gigantic sword or yeah, gig- gigantic sword or yeah, and just the powers, just the platforming and all that. It is pure Kirby. So like, if you love like. Yeah, not yeah. Even to the past games, like the side platform, it's just basically a next level to it. So like, the, and the boss battle definitely want a very good fun boss battle. Even tough. That's I like. I would never thought I describe a Kirby uh, boss to be that. Is that it's a tough boss battle to say the least. So overall, I definitely enjoyed the demo. And if anyone's definitely gonna get it, it's like yeah, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. See, I I agreed too. I really enjoyed the demo. It was so short and like. Like, there were, what, three levels, and they were yes, not long. Yeah. But I was struck by how smooth the game was and how natural it felt to move about as Kirby in a 3D space. And we talked about it very briefly earlier, but Kirby, this is his, like, he's been in 3D before, but he's never been in a full-on 3D platformer. This is the first ever full-on 3D platformer. Mario's done it, and Donkey Kong's done it, and now Kirby is finally getting to do it. It's strange to me, considering how natural this whole thing feels, that Kirby has never been in a 3D platformer before. Why do you guys think that is? Um, I mean, that's a that's a fair question. I think the the most um, the simplest answer is because of how maybe his powers worked and just the nature of his games. Not unlike a Mario Once Upon a Time, it was easier just for them to do the 2D. And just, you know, accentuate, like, powers and abilities, like with Planet Robobot, where they may- gave him a robot body at times for him to control. And then, not or even, uh, like, think about, like, Legend of Zelda. You know, like, yes, those were 3D games, but they never were really open world. They had an open world feel, but it was very much, you know, go to this place, go to this place, go to this place. And instead of having like kind of freedom to really roam around until Breath of the Wild came out, and then Breath of the Wild comes out, it's like why haven't they done this before? I feel it's that same kind of principle, and even if it's not like that open world, you know, kind of a feeling of maybe like Ocarina of Time or Twilight Princess, that's still a departure. That's still different from you know going left to right, and sometimes they need someone to say, hey, wait, let's take that leap. Let's go and see how far we can push this. And based on all the trailers we've seen, especially the most recent one. They're really pushing it with what Kirby can do, and I look forward to seeing how this will hopefully influence the future of Kirby games going forward. And yeah, just a compliment. I think like perhaps maybe maybe it's due to technology back on the Wii U days, like even the 3DS. But I imagine like they 
obviously one they need something to like go off upon like for example breath of the wild super mario odyssey those were like top open world games for nintendo's uh, licenses so may- maybe they just need something like a blueprint of some sort and but yeah like keep that same kirby 2d scroller but at in a 3d environment like ever since like uh with a uh, kirby air ride or even a uh, crystal chronic uh yeah yeah <laughs> i'm sorry i said crystal chronic like crystal bearers uh is just yeah i think that's probably it. it's like now that they have an idea what to do with these levels like in a 3d environment then yeah odyssey is pretty much that that a uh, good comparison that yeah kirby in a 3d platformer like this is just like yeah i can see the influence i believe yeah so we had talked about a developer interview uh earlier in the in the uh, podcast and i checked it out and kind of dug into it a little bit more and the team addresses a little bit as to why it took so long for kirby to make it into a 3d game and one of their reasons ironically was like kirby's shape like kirby is just like a little round puffball and it's yeah, hard yeah. to see which way he's actually facing because he's just like a round little block. <laughs> right, and they said right, it right, made right. it hard for the game to control, which I thought was really funny. They said like it, they they've had Kirby in a 3D space before, where they had like an arrow in front of him pointing to which way he was facing to explain the, to the player like, okay, if you move, you're going to move this way. <laughs> uh, but in this game, they felt like that was immersion breaking, so they they got rid of it and instead. Um, relied more on i guess have they had more faith in what the player would be able to do uh especially i don't know kirby games have always been made for kids right like and 3d games are harder than 2d games so they had to really consider like how kirby works as a character how he looks and then how can we make this game kid friendly to where a child can control this character that kind of has some inherent precision problems with their controls and in the forgotten land their solution really was to boil down the difficulty at first they said in the initial prototypes of this game there were almost no enemies nintendo had to beg how to add more enemies into the game to make it more challenging i said it was too easy too much of a snooze fest just not enough going on in the world and this final result that we're getting actually comes from kind of compromising one side push pushing towards making the game easier and another towards pushing the game harder. And I think that's interesting. Kirby and difficulty is always kind of mm-hmm. a tough thing to balance. And just hearing them say, like, this is why it's been so long, I, I found it really fascinating. Um, like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I believe it's regarding to, like, keeping that same Sakurai philosophy when even making the first Kirby game. Like, one, they were trying to, they wanted to make a character easy to draw. That was, like, one of the inspirations for Kirby, just, like, a very simple design. And like when you said like we're going to like they try to do the three uh, perspective for Kirby like yeah again Kirby is like a very symmetrical shape like you don't know if it's pointing pointing uh forward backward whatsoever because yeah like dimensions is fairly symmetrical like I can't even imagine how it is like being on a different axis plane on a three D plane of like yeah it's that Kirby looks so like like you don't know where he's pointing at so that's kind of an interesting detail that you pointed out but yeah like that balance even back for the first game like i i can imagine how how it came from from that game to to this to the front forgotten lands is just like yeah make it simple easy to do but at the same time also have that same difficulty as well is like i guess they're trying to continue with that philosophy of like yeah very simple anybody can pick it up but at the same time there is that challenge should you want it 
So yeah. And see, we t this is something we want to think about. You're like, but it's curvy. Just move him around. But if he, you know, he really is just that pink puff ball. I mean, his shape is is almost perfectly symmetrical both on both sides, even with his feet. So if that really was a challenge for them, then yeah, I can understand that. Versus when you're just moving him left and right, it's literally just making sure you uh, mirror him, as the term is, so that his face is always forward so you never see his back. And again, like it's make, it sounds weird to us, but trust me when I say, because as a former uh, you know video game developer uh, from college and such, even the simplest of things that is perceived is what can be a very hard thing to do in terms of programming and looks and controls. And so if that's, if that was indeed one of the reasons why it took them that long, then I, okay. Like, I, I'm not making these games. <laughs> I, I don't know what their struggles are. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm an internet person. Okay. If I see something I don't like, I do what every person does. And I tweet about it. I tweet about <laughs> it and voice my complaints and demand to be heard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love I like the the game developer diaries. Awada used to do a ton of these, and I don't know if Nintendo's like done less of them since he passed. But the insights that they provide are are fascinating. For example, in this uh, one of the uh, interviews from a long time ago, back when Awada was still uh, the the CEO of Nintendo, uh, they mentioned that there were three mainline Kirby games that got canceled between Crystal Shards. And return to Dreamland from 2000 to 2011. Mm, yeah, yeah, there were yeah, no yeah, yeah. entries in the mainline Kirby franchise. There were Kirby games, but the team at HAL viewed them as spinoffs, like Kirby's Canvas Curse and even Kirby Squeak Squad. There were some remakes. They remade Superstar in that time, but there was no fresh new Kirby game. And they said that was the case because they were trying to get multiplayer to work. They were trying to get uh, in one game. They were trying to get four players to be able to play at one time on the GameCube, and they had it pretty much finish the project and then scrap it. They had another project for the Wii that was the same sort of thing, and they had to scrap it and start over. The second one they didn't really go into as much detail about, but now when I think about Kirby, I think about, like, multiplayer is almost inherent to it, right? Mm. Star Allies, Return to Dreamland, those games were all the big hook was you can sit on the couch and play with your friends, and everybody can play as Kirby, at least in Return to Dreamland. And the developers were saying in this interview that they had a really hard time developing the game to where multiple people could be Kirby and multiple people could use the copy abilities at the same time. Before, they would have issues with, like, one Kirby eats the copy ability and then another one gets the copy ability. Or Kirbys could eat each other and shoot each other across the map into oblivion where they would just disappear and be gone. Right, right, like, all right. of these things that seem so simple and intuitive to our enjoyment created this like era where there were no new Kirby games. It took them 11 years to figure it out. Mm, yeah, like, I can only imagine like how many ideas were basically brainstormed and turned out those development times. Like, as I said, like, because like, like a quick comparison, like, let's look at um, new Super Mario Brothers uh, on the Wii. Like when you have four players, that is pure chaos. Like, or even like, even to the point of like a 3D world as well, with four players playing at the same time, you can only imagine how, like having like one button, you pick up a character and you just screw everybody over. Like, do you want that kind of chaos in a Kirby game? I think that was kind of definitely one of the trials they had to go through. And yeah, I can only imagine like 
it, it was something unless you have your own screen like we did with the um, with the cell phone uh kirby game i've got like it's uh, like back on the uh, game boy advance days ah man but yeah if unless like you have your own separate screen to control your own kirby no problem it's just like yeah like i can only imagine how much of a development nightmare that could have been for them yeah again it just it sometimes boggles our minds that um it takes so long but it's not just about making us happy it's about making the developers happy you know and if they weren't content with the product they're gonna get rid of it which is which we see here with these these kirby games so that that just makes me more excited for uh forgotten land because that means it took them a while to get to where they are and they were like Tyler said, they were trying to balance it so that it wasn't a really easy game, which is a criticism that Kirby has often gotten was that their games are just too easy. And so if this is indeed a bigger challenge and a big scope and scale, and they're pushing Kirby this time, imagine what's going to be the next time, you know, kind of like with Breath of the Wild. We can look back at Breath of the Wild now and say, oh yeah, this is great, but this wasn't perfect. And you know, there are obvious flaws in the game now that we look back at it now, but because of how different it was from the previous incarnations of The Legend of Zelda, we, we can easily say, oh yeah, this was revolutionary, and now they can build off of this. So while I have no doubt that, uh, I have little doubt that Kirby Forgotten Land is great in one way or another, imagine how they can build off of this the next time if people react to it the way that we all hope they do. So we'll see. Yeah, the the Kirby franchise, I think, really did need a jolt because I loved uh, Triple Deluxe and I really loved Robobot. And I also really enjoyed Star Allies. I didn't love it. It was it was OK. But those were all 2D platformers. And Kirby back, at least in my childhood, from the year 2002, 2011, when there were no mainline Kirby games, there were a ton of really creative Kirby games like Canvas Curse, a game that I, I just was one of my all-time favorites growing up. It's a game that's really creative, but has nothing to do with traditional Kirby. And that made me wonder, like, Nintendo pumps out Kirby games. They, are, they pumped out Kirby Fighters. They pumped out Kirby's... Uh, it was... Oh, what was the 3D game? Like, they had... There's so many budget Kirby titles that they pour out and i'm wondering why they do that why do you guys think it's so tempting for nintendo to make so many different concepts kirby games hmm maybe it is that that whole capitalist idea that yeah they just want to get that quick buck right now even with that license of kirby perhaps that's definitely one thing i i suspect but i guess the reason why they just want to like make these like random kirby games to say at least is I guess they just want to see what really sticks. Like, for example, that that a whole free to play rumble, yeah, uh, Royale that four player. Yeah, game? it was yeah, yeah. something rumble. I, I wish I could remember. Yeah, rumble Royale, something of that sort is just like okay. I I can play Kirby game for free and like, but there is like a certain uh, energy mechanic or some sort. Like, a, it's a it's a free to play game that you you can play with people, sure, but at the same time, you to dress up a Kirby, that's it, and like. What is supposed to be like an RBG like that? Which that was definitely an interesting take to say at least a free to play Kirby game, but it just yeah, it was definitely a random idea. It's not it didn't have that same heart uh, as like a full fledged Kirby game. And yeah, 
I think another thing about it is it's kind of like the Mario effect where they would throw Mario at all these different things to see what sticks. And a lot of them do. But with Kirby, because he's like the pink puffball and half of his thing is that he can like change to shift and absorb and his body's malleable, uh, that allows him to get thrown into these concepts where it's usually not what you would do. Like you could never do like... Uh, Kirby pinball with Legend of Zelda. <laughs> right. Because you, you can't turn Link into a ball and have it be interesting. But with Kirby, like, I, rem- I loved Kirby pinball because, you know, Kirby was the pinball. Like, that was the whole joke. And then you would get power ups based on, you know, the, your scores and everything. And it would be hilarious to watch him transforming and then go back to the pinball. And then, uh, or, or, uh, what was it? Uh, Canvas Curse or the one where he was like clay or Kirby's Epic Yarn. You know, like Kirby gets turned into yarn, but he, he loses all of his abilities, but he's still Kirby and he can even do yarn shapes. And like that should not have worked, but it did because it was Kirby. And we accept that he is a character that transforms based on the situation and what he has on hand and the de- the game was dang adorable okay it was it was yeah oh yeah of course, of course, of course, of course. so but it worked because it was kirby and then like it's and then with mario they turned him into paper that shouldn't have worked but it did until sticker star and i'm never gonna let that go but like they tried it and then uh you know mario with the sports games and mario kart and of course him being the anchor of super smash brothers you know they accept that these characters because of who they are can you know shift into these different genres and still make it feel relevant to the character in some way so and since and like and let's be honest here nintendo loves to print money true, so true, true. why not try you know that's <laughs> why true not they try? do i will push back on the the capitalist thing a little bit because <laughs> we looked at the kirby sales earlier and and the, it's a popular franchise but it is nowhere close to Mario or Pokemon or Zelda. Right, right. right. Not in the ballpark. It's honestly like, is it even smaller than Fire Emblem? Like, it's at at Fire Emblem. No, no. Hold on. Fire Emblem gained popularity in recent years. Yes. Okay. And that has helped them, like, especially with Fates and Three Houses and more than likely Three Hopes. But overall, Kirby has been much more consistent. It may not be the best sellers of all time but they get consistent sales because people love kirby and like you you were saying like many of the games were over a million and for a lot of game companies that's a benchmark they try to clear is like if they can get to a million they know they're successful so it may not it's not getting the numbers that you know pokemon gets with all their titles because that's a different fan base that they're uh, appealing to and a bigger what do you want to call it brand I guess yeah, that yeah. they they appeal to, but Kirby is consistent in that it gets the sales. And as we sh- we stated earlier, with the first game, the GBA game, getting five million, and then fast forward to 2018 with Star Allies, that was getting over three million. And Kirby Forgotten Land is likely going to do, I would say, be fair, three million plus. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not the best selling, but it's consistent. And when the games hit, they really hit, which is why people still remember Dreamland, or you remember Triple Deluxe. Me and Will remember uh, Crystal Shards, yeah, Crystal Shards, and you know, so on and so forth. So it's the cat, it's that consistency that Nintendo doesn't mind pushing because they know, oh yeah, it's a Kirby game, it'll get sales. Versus say right. like it, it will Wario. do, it will do well. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, that that's definitely true. I I think that. There is like real genuine affection though 
for Kirby within the company of Nintendo. This also kind of comes from the developer uh, interview I was talking about earlier. In Forgotten Land, when Nintendo was telling uh, Hal to add more enemies, Hal said no. And the reason they said no was because they thought it would be, quote, unfair to Kirby to torment (laughs) him by putting him in these dangerous situations. Like, they just want Kirby to be safe and happy. Happy happy pink puffball. Yeah. There's, like, genuine love for the character, and I really think that that makes them more likely to just, like, say, hey, this concept? Let's make it Kirby. Uh, Like, there's nothing inherent about a fighting game, you know? Like, Kirby Fighters. Why is that Kirby Fighters? Like, they could have done it with any... They could have had new characters, they could have gone all out, but they said, no, let's put this in the Kirby franchise, just because they like Kirby. I really think that there's just this bond with the character that kind of speaks to everybody. Nobody doesn't like the character of Kirby. Kirby is the adorable pink puffball, and for most people, because they don't know the lore, they all, that's all they see. They yeah. see this, uh, not I mean that, they, they see this adorable pink puffball that, uh, you know, has the inhale ability, can transform, oh, that's cool, but it's Kirby case in point. I, I, I'll give you another example. Um, I saw an article today, or Target, uh, the store, uh, they to promote Kirby, they had these inflatable Kirby beach balls. Right, right. Apparently, right. customers are trying to steal them. Wow. <laughs> that says a lot right there. And, you know, so for a lot of people, that's just, it's Kirby. And he is that indeed, you know, the hi or the, the victory dance, which we're going to play as our, uh, uh, our, our, yeah, our yeah. entrance music. He's this is happy go lucky character. And yes, the, when you dive into the character and you see that he's actually a bit deeper than you realize, then you get a deeper respect for him. But for most people, he's just a happy-go-lucky character who's just trying to save Dreamland. And for the developers, you know, and, and I noted this earlier, a lot of Kirby games are easy because of Kirby's abilities. And as long as you don't play bad, you know, get good, uh, you're not going to have that big, that difficult of a time. So perhaps for them, it was just that, Hey, we but we want Kirby to succeed without that much of a challenge. That's who Kirby is, and that's not exactly inaccurate. <laughs> but, and I just want to point out as well, like for for like I think there was like one that one reviewer out there that says like I'm is complaining about the Kirby game for being too easy. Like yes, and water is wet. Like you complain a Kirby game being too easy. Come on, like if you're looking for a challenging Kirby game, like. Look somewhere else. I mean, probably Crystal Stars is probably the the last uh, ch- I would say the challenging Kirby game. But yeah, like the, I I agree with that point. Like that Kirby is this character. Like I think I can understand the, the developer saying like this is my child. I do not want to put him into these dangerous situations. You do not hurt my baby. I, I think that's probably the, their mentality. And we're going to yeah, like Nintendo. No, you. This is my child. You don't t- put more enemies to them. You do not bring a giant. Okay, we'll give you a giant ape. We'll give you um a a, a little femme fatale with cat claws, but nothing else. That's it. We don't put um, even more like I don't know uh a a fire breathing dragon or some sort. Which Loki, I think they'll probably have a fire breathing dragon in this game. I don't know, I don't but know. yeah, it's just like <laughs> yeah, like and going back to that story, we're going to the target thing. Like yeah, people just like Kirby. It's like sure you know Mario because Mario's a Mario. He's an icon, but I think it could also be said the same thing as Kirby because. Kirby is like 
while not as that same media presence, but you know Kirby, even like back right back after the cartoon from oh, yeah. the from back in the day, and just like the expressions of Kirby is just like yeah, it's Kirby, easy for pretty much like recognizable. So yeah, yeah, he's such a like you you mentioned earlier how easy he was to draw and like what a. Uh, attractive thing that is to kids. I do agree that I think Kirby is extremely recognizable and marketable. And that kind of goes back to why it's so easy for them to make all these Kirby games. Uh, a planner at Nintendo, I'm going to mess up her last name, but Yuri Hattori, I believe is, is how you pronounce okay, it, okay, okay. said that the core of Kirby games is anything is possible. That's just what makes a Kirby game a Kirby game. And that made me think, right? Like Mario, what's like the core of the Mario game? The fact that he's a human being is restrictive. Like, not anything is possible because humans have X, Y, Z restrictions. Same with Donkey Kong. Like, he's a monkey. He's He has X, Y, Z restrictions on his skill set. Kirby's power is the ability to take other powers. So he can pretty much fill any role because it works with his copy ability. He can just copy, like, Kirby a racing game. You have Kirby swallow a car and drive the car like he does in Forgotten Land. Like, there's there's so much that you can do with him as a character. For you guys, what is the core that makes a Kirby game a Kirby game? I I guess okay, okay, it's going. You go first. <laughs> you go first. You go first. Fine. Uh, obviously, first is is the copy ability. Like that is the thing. Like Mario has abilities, but they're tied to items. Items you can find across the world. But if you lose them, you lose them versus the copy ability where it'll get knocked out of you via a star and then you can reabsorb it. So that that's easily one of the things right there. The other thing is like the whimsical nature of Dreamland and all the other uh, lands that we get to go to. There's just something funny about it, uh, like with the Waddle Dees and the Bandit Dees and of course the King DDD and Meta Knight and then all the bosses like you face a tree. Like, come on. You face a tree that shoots wind blasts at you, or in Forgotten Land has root attacks. So, you know, they're trying to branch out. Um... <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry, I, with puns, I couldn't leaf it alone. So, <laughs> but, you know, it's that whimsical nature, or like, uh, I, think, I think I might have been Star Allies, where you had buff DDD. Why did we need buff DDD? We didn't, but they did it anyway, because that's the nature of Kirby. And, and diving back into the lore, um, there is lore in Kirby, but kind of like a, say, I, I know this is going to be kind of weird comparison, but like a Dark Souls game, it's very incremental. It You have to go and look for it. Like most people don't know that Kirby is eight inches tall. <laughs> because you have no sense of scale when you're looking at it in the game or when he's in Smash Brothers where they all obviously had to relativize the character sizes. Or most people don't know that he's one of the legendary star children in, in his universe. You know, he was destined to save the universe, but he's actually 200 years younger than he needs to be. He's pre-maturity. Like, that's the lore. All right? <laughs> and uh, also, his stomach is an infinite void of a dimension that can, uh, which is why he can hold all of those things he absorbs. It's not scary at all. <laughs> you know? Yes, a little world eater. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. exactly. He is a devourer of worlds. If you remember the the hypernova fruit, he can literally absorb stars and planets. That's <laughs> what he does, and that's the thing is that you un, you almost underestimate Kirby because of how 
small he is, how round he is, and how enjoyable he is with that smile and laugh and everything. This thing, Kirby's a monster, but he's the one you'll love. And so <laughs> you don't mind, you know, absorbing all these powers and abilities. Like, I loved uh, Crystal Shards because you could fuse abilities. Yes. I, I loved nothing more than, like, doing... Uh, sword and fire and I, I used to call it the flame swordsman off of Yu-Gi-Oh because that's what you had you had a freaking flame and sword or other ones you could have like a flaming bow and arrow you could if you did ice and electricity you became a refrigerator you know it's just that creativity with Kirby versus like Mario which is obviously still good games but it's like you get fire Mario or you get ice Mario you get frog Mario or uh Tanuki Mario it's it's one thing versus Kirby where it can be an evolution of things which is now being expanding on in Forgotten Land where you can upgrade the abilities it's that creativity and hey where can we push Kirby this like look, like, look at mouthful mode like I'm surprised that they haven't done that before but then you look back at like say Planet Robobot where you know, it's like, hey, let's put Kirby in a mech. Okay, <laughs> why not? Because it's Kirby. This is what we do with him. We push the limits on what he can do and how creative we can get. And that is the essence of the Kirby game. It's that whimsical nature with the absorption powers or the copy ability and how far you can push the, the abilities to see how funny you can make the game. Uh, you pretty much nailed it on the head, Todd. Yeah. That's why and, I'm the host. Oh! And, and I think also another reason why Kirby is just that 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 character it is because let's also give props to one thing it's the hats it, all kirby hats just definitely have that same appeal like ever since with his like when they first introduced the copy abilities like yeah oh half kirby in a mario hat oh kirby in a, in a link hat or like all these different hats like i can only imagine how it was it like how it was even back in the smash Bros. and its original games like can you only imagine how, like, like just that all the what the the design team had to go through? We're going to all these power abilities before they invented the hats. Like, yeah, like back in Crystal Shark, they didn't have hats. All they just had was like the com- combination abilities, like with the cutter and electric. You get basically Darth Maul, Darth Maul's blade. And oh yeah, I forgot about that. I love the lights. That was my favorite power. That was my favorite so power. <laughs> and. Yeah, like, and of course, like, if you have Cutter and Bomb, you get a, a bloody Ninja Star, which I love. It's just like, yeah, combination of powers, that's definitely one of the major things that I feel with Kirby was so uh, intriguing. And, like, with, even being, be like, the, the basic powers like Cutter, Swordsman, like, we want to see more of that. Like, what Kirby can, what other things can Kirby absorb? Like, we see the basic elements of nature. Like, we also, we have Kirby... Using a gun, using a microphone to basically cause ear ear crushing explosions to like to basically know people's existence is just like that. As as Todd said, Kirby can literally be anything if he wants to be. Piling a mech, like riding into absorbing the pop star to get the star rod, like more or less he. I, I like he what he Kirby is. He's malleable. He could be anything. So I think that's kind of like one of the major appeals. It's like he literally could be anything. Yep. Yeah. That that's kind of where I uh, fall as well. I think it it does go back to what Hattori said about how anything is possible. I mean, you could picture a Kirby first person shooter game where you're walking around as Ranger Kirby. You know, like RPGs are be a, a natural fit for a character like Kirby who has so many different abilities he can flip between. You can put him in so many situations. That ironically, you know, we started this discussion talking a little bit about how they, the development team had a hard time making it clear which way Kirby was facing in a 3D space because he's just this round little puffball. 
outside of that limitation, the design and his power set is so useful for just about any idea. You can make any idea come to life through Kirby. And I think that's really at the core of what he is and why there are so many Kirby games and why so many Kirby games are awesome. It's the perfect character for Nintendo, too, when you really think about it, because Nintendo is this company that thrives on creativity and unique ideas. They won't publish games sometimes to a fault. They won't publish games if they don't do new things or have new ideas that push the genre forward. Kirby is a character that just invites creativity and invites new gameplay styles and invites players into a world that they've never seen before. And he can just do that over and over and over because of the core essence of his skill set and his simplicity. It's it's something that is, I think, illuminating from a development and a creative perspective. I think you can learn a lot from studying Kirby. Mm-hmm, right. I believe, like, yeah, even with, uh, I believe there, there was a book that came out in regards to Sakurai and his uh, design of Kirby. I know there was a book recently that came out for Kirby's uh, Centralized, if I recall. You're probably right. It's Kirby is like one of those things where I had to do something on Kirby. I can't remember what, and I looked up how many games he had. He actually had more than a lot of franchises in Nintendo, and you just don't think about it because they don't get all the buzz unless they're like really, really good. And yet Kirby just endures. And of course, if you remember, uh, like Super Smash Brothers Brawl, he was one of the first characters shown. In the trailer, they showed them in their like their 64 forms, and then they it was it was uh Mario, Link, Kirby, and Pikachu. Like that's how much respect they have for him is that when they made sure Brawl was getting announced, they put him in first, and he had like the least changes. Like that was the joke. It's like everyone got a glow up of Kirby still the pink puffball. Um, that's how much they respect him, and I mean with Forgotten Land, this could be maybe his magnum opus, if you will like this grandness of everything that's been building up to. Maybe we'll get to see more grand scale adventures from Kirby like this in the future. We'll just have to see. Obviously sales will determine that. And then of course, where do you go from here with Forgotten Land? So mm-hmm. yeah, never know. Yeah, yeah. I do expect Forgotten Land to kind of set the bar for the Kirby franchise. Just from what I played in the demo, from the positive reviews, it seems like this is where the franchise, at least the mainline games, are headed. It would be hard to go back to a simplistic 2D game. Not that they couldn't do it and have it be a great game, but this to me feels like a major kind of directional shift that I suspect will stick. Mm-mm, yeah, I definitely agree. But heck, if they if if they can if they're not gonna make the next uh sequel to uh, Forgotten Lands, how about make the next sequel to another uh, Kirby racing game like Air Ride? Like that thing was the one a one time deal. I would love to see them do another racing game, but heck, that's just me. Never know. Uh, we can close the discussion real quick with what I'm just curious. What is your guys' number one Kirby game? Mine is Epic Yarn, and I actually do not like Air Ride. Air Ride is one of my least favorite Kirby oh, games. Oh, interesting, interesting. Like, personally for me, I think, yeah, I, I said it before, Crystal Shards is just definitely that one game on the N64 days that just stuck with me. The dual, the dual powers, plus that even, like, surprisingly dark story of, like, that end, that fake end. We're going to that, for that queen. And yeah, yeah. Until you get that true enemy. And yeah, like that one was pretty nice. Like Crystal Shards, and plus that multiplayer feature with it. Like I, I had so much great times with that. Uh, oh man, what was that mini game that you you color the panels and they fall beneath you? I love that one. I love that. 
Yeah, Crystal Shards is definitely up there for me. I'm going to actually go with, have to go with the original in Kirby's Dream Land. I, I had that on the Game Boy, and that was a game that I went to repeatedly. It was a game that I just loved playing over and over again. And I didn't understand nuance back then. And so if you beat the game, they have this ending screen. And they said, if you want to start a new adventure, press up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, start, select. And so being the kid, I'm like, Okay, fine. So I start doing that over and over again, and the game is not starting. And like I'm waiting for this. I, and I, the way I read it, I'm like, oh, there's another game in this game. You know, there's like a, there's a sequel adventure. And there was a Kirby's Dreamland too, but that's not the point. Um, like, oh, I get to get to play this very game. I could never figure it out, and that frustrated me. And now I realize, like, oh, they were just telling me to start over again. Why did you say that, Nintendo? Why did you just say that? But no, that game was so iconic, and I'm like just looking at. I I even knew when we were looking up and we said Kirby's Dreamland. I remember the box art. It's Kirby in his inflated mode, and he's got the tree behind him. And because I rem- I had that box forever, and the game cartridge forever, and I loved that game. And sometimes the original ones just set the tone for all to come, like with Super New- Super Mario Brothers and the original Legend of Zelda, and. Uh, even though other ones, and I I feel that Forgotten Land could become my new favorite, depending on just how grand it is, but the, the original one is one that will always have a special place in my heart. Alright, and with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. Tyler! Yes, last week, we definitely did not have a poll question. I, I know, in fact, that we did not. <laughs> so, I will leave it up to you guys. We can either do a poll about whether they're going to be getting Kirby in the Forgotten Land, or we can do a uh, poll about what's their favorite Kirby game. Ooh, let's do the favorite Kirby game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's pick the four cl- four classics. Let's go Kirby's Dream Land, because that's the original. Let's do Crystal Shards, because that's that's definitely a classic. Um, yeah. What should the other two be? I think we have to, if we're going to do classics, we have to say Crystal Shards is the most current. So Wait, we could do, current? yeah, we could do uh, Dream Land 3. We could do Kirby's Adventure. What about Epic Yarn? Epic Yarn. Yeah, Epic Yarn. I, I don't know if I call it a classic, but I love it. Let, I was about to say All Stars. All Stars, yeah. Okay, so Kirby's Dreamland. Let's do Crystal Shards. I want to throw an Epic Yarn because I know a lot of people played that one. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. There are, there are uh, some... Superstar. Kirby Superstar for sure. Yeah, su- Kirby Superstar. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Kirby Superstar. So let us know, and then of course let us know if you are going to get Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and if so, what are you most looking forward to? And of course, are you going to check out the Sakurai feature on the Smash Brothers trailer? Have you already started organizing your Switch games into folders? Are you sad about the loss of Dragalia Lost? See what I did there? I know, I'm clever, that's why I'm the host. And what do you think about the sales updates for Metroid Dread and Triangle Strategy? Let us know. Oh, yeah, and the Sonic lore, if you must. Uh, let us know in the comments below. Uh, and we'll let you know about that next week. So, for Tellius Tyler and Wario Will, I am Triforce Todd. And ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag. Mm-hmm.